1: Think to the field with ability. Athletes are working hard, the progression is stressing. People are upset, some of the passion. the smell of the grass and the pain and the action. The focus, the passion, the thought of the plaque and the trophy all made out to your name. With some money, to fame, if feeling to get when you're playing in the game. With the number on your back and the representative name. It's MJ playing way back in the day, it's glory, scoring This is a story, this is sports nation. It's been this way for generations. Pro sports extras where I get my information. Athletes with their pursuits and endeavors. Sports will entertain the whole world. It'll be this way forever. And for more. Before that we going live the Trevor the expert.
2: Hey, what's going on PSE Nation? Actually, there's a mix up. Little thing going on. Trevor's not here today, so right now co-host me, AJ. I'm going to run show right now. Uh Forrester new guy Odd uh, PSE, he's going to be calling in any a second now. Uh but yeah, you know, you get me today. It, it's, we're gonna see. We're gonna test the waters out. Who knows? Maybe it'll be deleted by tomorrow because I just do a terrible job. But uh, you know, we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll talk some topics I want to talk about. Um, real quick, we'll mention uh, to start off with. I'm a big NHL guy. Uh, we'll start off with a couple. Couple things happened today. Uh, Tyler Sagan signed a uh, a deal, eight-year extension with the Dallas Stars. Um, that was kind of weird because. Dallas, you know, Dallas is all right, but they haven't been uh, been going anywhere recently. So I always thought uh, after his contract ends up that he would uh, he'd be leaving. Um, so it's kind of weird just to see him sign the extension. It kind of means you know he's there for the long haul. He wants he wants to see the team do good. Um, so that's one of the two big news. Second one is there was a big trade today big trade. So, Eric Carlson of the Ottawa Senators has finally been traded to the San Jose Sharks. Now, this is going to be huge, mainly because the Sharks' D is going to be amazing. You know what? Actually, we have a a caller coming in, so uh, I'll try and get them on here.
1: Hey, Austin. It's Tony from Boston.
2: Tony from Boston, Mass. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Okay. Actually, it's Nolan Kramer from Marquette, Michigan. Yeah. Yep. How are you doing, Nolan? I'm doing great. How are you tonight? Good. Uh, we were actually just talking about uh, the current NHL news right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you hear about that Eric Carlson train? Whew. Wow. Yeah, you know, I was I was I was working when I found out. Um, I'm I'm finally glad. I I think he wanted out to begin with this season. Um, after some uh, ownership ways, and it's it's finally good to see him out of there.
1: Hi, this is Jake from Marquette, Michigan as well. How you doing, Jake? All right. How do you? I mean, honestly, I think it's crazy that he's going A to the Western Conference and to a team like the Sharks. How do you think he's going to fit in, like, on that team? Who do you see him playing with, I, honestly?
2: Um, you know, it's, it's tough to see who he's going to play with because he, he's so versatile. I'm not sure if you would want to combo him with Bernsie, um. But the one Wait, thing I'm looking forward to definitely is their PP. Uh, I, I saw a quick five-man overview of what it could look like, and it just looked absolutely filthy. Um, I saw another stat that I'm pretty sure between – the two, de- like their defensemen and adding Carlson, uh, just defense alone, they've they they've probably they've had like uh, two hundred points. So it's gonna be uh, even more production coming from the back end this year.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So who do you think their top six is now after the trade?
2: Top six. I haven't looked at the roster in a while, um, especially with preseason coming up. I'm just starting and I'll get back in the swing of things for NHL. So uh, I know that's, that's really question. tough to
1: call. But, like, I mean, no, not even that. But, uh, yeah, it's just cool to see him go to another team and see what's going to happen. That's what I feel like.
2: Yeah, especially, especially because I think he, you know, especially you saw in the last game at, at home he took the puck. Um, So, you kind of had the vibe of, hey, I'm going to get out of here by like, the end I'm, of the season. Yeah,
1: right. You know. Do you think, how do you feel so. about the GMs over in Ottawa? I mean. I don't know what they're doing um, over there, to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah,
2: at, at this point, you, you're you're worried. Uh, <laughs> what's gonna happen in Ottawa? Um, basically, I, I, what I think is gonna happen is you, you're gonna have to really maybe maybe do a slight rebuild, uh, not go full blown to where you're gonna tank the entire season, um, but to get back to where they were, I think it, it, I think it'll take at least two three years. All right, man.
1: Well, we're thinking we're thinking that the uh, the sharks are gonna have a good year. Honestly, probably make it to the playoffs, and who knows what then? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, where, where do you think they're gonna go? Like, how far do you think they're gonna go in the playoffs? Uh, I mean, it it depends. Like, honestly, because I don't know how it's really gonna work out. But if it works out the way we think, then probably they'll make it into the top five of the West, and then they could probably make it all the way to the semis. Who knows, even to the cup. Mm -hmm. No, there's –
2: I I have to ask you two questions real quick because it happened today, obviously, with the Carlson trade and uh, a signing –
1: I believe it was
2: the signing of Max Pacioretty going to the Vegas Golden Knights. How crazy do you think it is for two captains to be moved in near a week?
1: I think that's nuts because that shakes up not only the teams that they move to but the teams they leave because who's going to become the leader – and how does a leader walk into another team with pre-existing leaders that are already there? Exactly. And some of these teams that
2: that's your main guy to go to, that, you know, that, yeah. that's your go-to guy. So who, especially I was looking at the Montreal roster a little bit, um, seeing the swing through of guys. And it, it was, I was really looking at where's the next man up at there. So
1: Right, right. Yeah, it should be interesting. I like I like that yeah. Domi move as well to Montreal. He's a great player. Oh yeah, I I
2: think he's gonna fit right into their scheme as well. They're kind of hard-nosed players up there in Montreal, so.
1: Right, I mean, coming from his dad, like he, he ought to be right. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, what else? We got All right, here? well, we'd love to fucking talk to you next week. All right, sounds good, man. Uh, you know, we'll be here Nolan, Tuesday. Nolan Thursday, Kramer so. wants a feature on the website. <laughs> yeah,
2: we'll we'll see, we'll see.
1: All right, man, love you, Chelsea.
2: All right, see you, boys.
1: Peace.
2: Thanks to the two boys in Marquette uh, for calling in, talking some chow with me. Um, you know, great conversation starting off with uh, the NHL. Um, real quick, I'm going to, while we're still waiting for Forster to call in, uh, I'm gonna get into my Lions talk. Which me and Trev talked about it on Tuesday. Man, I, I'm still heated over this. Like, it's
1: it,
0: there's a
2: positive of it's one game, but the negative is it's one fucking game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I to me it looks like the players give up, and I, I get it that that's Matt Patricia coming in. Actually, a Forster coming in right now, so I'll make him go live real quick. Hey, what's going on?
0: Oh, not too much, boys. Thanks for having me.
2: Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, So you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Tell PSE Nation uh, who you are, where you're from, what you're going to be doing here?
0: Absolutely. Um, I am a forester for everyone that uh, is listening in. I actually am a contributor for the Sideline Report, Um, specializing in the Detroit Lions. Post about them twice a week. Um, my articles have been out since last year, so I've been posting twice a week since then. Um, pretty pretty cool gig, and um, you know I've been going to Wayne State not just for broadcast journalism, which I'm done with that. I'm going to continue my education and get uh, either a master's in journalism or I'm going to get a business degree because I did the scouting academy online as well and mm-hmm. was able to do that stuff so you know in order to get into the front office and that sort of stuff you got to have a little bit of a business background but um you know even just outside of uh, normal you know Detroit Lions where I'm from here in Michigan uh, born and raised you know I, I know the NFL uh love the NFL a lot you know I watch whenever I can and uh in particular um you know fantasy football is something I really enjoy too um stuff like the duel and the DraftKings I'm Pretty good at <laughs> at least uh <laughs> um, at least uh, at least winning my money back, you know it's pretty tough to win money in that thing, but um you know I can definitely put forth a good effort in that mhm
1: now
2: just to start off with um if you just wanna throw like all your social media out that way every everyone listening can uh go check your stuff out, go check all your articles, just you know find out a little more about you,
0: oh yeah. Uh, the Side Lion Report, so S-I-D-E-L-I-O-N Report, Side Lion. sounds like Side line Report, but it's Side Lion Report. Um, it's a fan-sided uh, site, and fan-sided is owned by Time Incorporated, so um, that's where you can find my articles. Uh, I post on Wednesdays and Sundays. And then, of course, my Twitter handle as F-S-O-L-M-E-N. One, two, and um, you can find me on Facebook, Forrester Solomon as well, but, you know, mostly on Twitter, interacting with fans, and people can comment on my um, articles and whatnot, and we can talk Lions and talk NFL in general.
2: All right, all right, and don't forget, uh, you can also check out more blogs, podcasts, www.prosportsextra.com. You know, follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, at ProSportsExtra. Uh, If you're looking to call in, uh, number 563-999-3674. All right, Forster, you're you're coming in, so let's talk about one of your topics. Um, I think one thing we talked about a little bit in our chat was you want to talk about tonight's game for the NFL, right? Oh, yeah. So if you want to give us kind of like a brief, uh, brief preview of the game real quick while I can pull it up.
0: Oh, yeah, no problem. Um, well, as we've all seen, uh, you know, Joe Flacco last week, you know, really came on and had himself a game against Buffalo. But uh, it's looking like Buffalo might end up being one of the worst teams in the NFL. But uh, he's definitely a man on a mission. You know, he um, has a lot of pressure behind him, you know, not just with uh, former first-round pick RG3, um, but you got Lamar Jackson, the new uh, heir apparent, if you will, because it's almost written in stone that he's going to be the quarterback of the future, but um, he's going to mm-hmm. be taking on Cincinnati, and it's going to be in Cincinnati. It's a hostile environment, um, and he's three and six in that building at Paul Brown Stadium, so it's going to be a tough matchup uh, for sure, and you know Cincinnati themselves, um, you know, they had a good win against the Colts. Um, they made it a little bit difficult. And the Colts really aren't that great of a team themselves. But, um, you know, even though Flacco has had his struggles, you know, and I'm going to go against the grain a little bit, I think that uh, the Baltimore Ravens, which, by the way, Cincinnati, you know, they have uh, themselves a pretty good defense. I think uh, Flacco is the one that ends up with less turnovers. And now that he's got some weapons to throw to, I think he might actually be able to do something there in Cincinnati, which for the past couple of years, he's really struggled to get the football out and do some things because they haven't had many good weapons. Mhm.
2: So I, I think you mentioned it a little bit. So who do you think is going to win tonight?
0: I'm going to go with the Ravens. Um, you know, like I was kind of saying, I know that the record would indicate otherwise, but you know, Flacco's got some pretty solid weapons. Not only did they draft a couple of tight ends, one of which, you know, Hayden Hurst, he's going to be out. Uh, he's got an injury. But um, Mark Andrews, he's their premier catcher. There are um, you know, other weapons that they signed. You know, they brought in uh, John Brown from Arizona, and they brought in uh, Michael Crabtree from the Raiders. And both those guys are significant upgrades to what they've been having in the past. And, um, you know, Alex Collins, he can run the hell out of the football. But I'm telling you that Cincinnati Bengals have weapons, too. You know, and they both got tough defenses, um, so it's going to come down to the wire. But I think the man that's most motivated, which is Joe Flacco, I think he ends up pulling away and coming away with the win in Cincinnati. Okay,
2: um, so yeah, that's actually who I have too. I have Baltimore coming, um, just because I was reading a little bit about it today, and uh, you know, the, Ra- the the Ravens have some bad blood right now with Cincinnati, if you remember from last year. Um, the Ravens were denied the playoff entry uh, from the loss to Cincinnati on New Year's Eve, Week 17. So, and especially coming into their building, I, th- I think they got a little bit more to prove. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a great game. Uh, you know, like, like we were talking about the, the, the quarterback, I, I think it's going to be a quarterback duel against two great defenses. Um, you know, but in the end, I think, uh, think Baltimore is going to pull away with that game.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's, I think it's going to be a nail-biter. I think both these teams, um, you know, especially on the offensive side with their um, blockers, you know, their offensive lines are a little bit weaker, And uh, but both teams are very stout on the defensive line. So I think both quarterbacks are going to have to get creative and find a way to get rid of that football quickly. Um, I don't think it's going to be, you know, a bunch of points being thrown out there. I do think that it's going to be a close-scoring game, and it's really just going to come down to, you know, which guy can um, have the weapons make the plays and really outside of uh, William Jackson, which is um, Cincinnati Bengals cornerback. You know, I don't really have much confidence in the guys that are going to be, um, you know, covering and they're going to have their uh, safety Sean Williams back. So, um, you know, that should be helpful. Um, because he was ejected from the game, um, or at least, you know, I'd have to look into that to see if he's actually going to be back or not. But um, I do think that the Baltimore Ravens are set up for more success in this game. But, you know, whenever you got A.J. Green, which if you think about it, A.J. Green is like today's Kelvin Johnson. Uh, he's been in Cincinnati for his entire career. They haven't really done anything and he's just kind of withered away and you know it's really sad to see a guy with so much talent not be able to have much success, but you know when you got a guy like that, you can kind of throw it up to him and he'll come down with it and you just gotta see how it plays out, but it'll be fun to watch
2: oh definitely and uh it's always nice to have some a little bit of Thursday night football to give us a little bit of
0: preview to start the week
2: off um especially with college football on Saturdays now too so it's it, it's it's like it, it it, it shortens the weekend a little bit, or it makes you feel like the weekend's a little closer. Um, so, real quick, we have a pretty cool announcement. I wanted to try that horn out. Uh, <laughs> we <laughs> will uh, ch- check it out on social media. Uh, we'll be announcing, uh, we should be doing a Sunday podcast. Um, it should be myself, uh, my co-host right here right now, and uh, I think Trevor might even hop in with us. Uh, it'll be from 11 to 11.45, I believe, in the morning, um, Eastern. I'll talk a little bit about the matchups, um, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be powered by FanDuel. So look, be on the lookout for that as well. Go back and listen to the podcast from Wednesday, Wagner Vision, and uh, 30-minute timeout. Uh, with uh, Ron and Boomer. Uh, still, again, I mentioned it Tuesday. Shout out to Ron, because he is in 10th place in our PSE, uh, like, you know, PSE guys and PSE fans. Uh, Fantasy Football League, he's in 10th place. He was talking a whole bunch of junk during the draft. And your boy, AJ, is in first place, even though it's only one week. I saw the most points for so it ranked me first. So, again, don't at me, Ron. Uh, next up, I You know, you being from Michigan, I'm from Michigan. Um, and I, I, I touched a little bit on it right before you came in. Me and Trev talked about it Tuesday. Um, you know, what do you think about the Lions' performance on Monday Night Football?
0: Well, there's not much to think about. I pretty much know just from looking at it and watching it, it was uh, an embarrassment. It was disgraceful. Mm-hmm. Very distasteful, um, you know, and on national television too. So, you know, everyone got to see firsthand the kind of uh, embarrassing performance we put on. And you know, it's really confusing to me because I, you know I didn't think we were, um, you know, a team that was going to go nine and seven again. You know, I thought that it's a harder schedule, it's going to be a new system, but they just came out so unmotivated. And I understand, you know, Jim Caldwell's not going to give you more, and he had to be fired anyways. But I'm telling you, I don't think Caldwell's team comes out and lays an egg like that. And for mm-hmm. whatever it's worth, I do think, you know, with the rumors circulating, I do believe Patricia is rubbing a lot of players the wrong way. He's coming off with a mentality that he has no business coming off like, because guess what? He hasn't proven himself in any capacity whatsoever. Mm -hmm. He's never been a head coach at the NFL level. He hasn't, he he doesn't have Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and, you know, Josh McDaniels to lean on anymore. So I can understand the tough guy mentality, but I think he's got to bring it back a little bit because He has to win over this locker room. You know, you can't just come into a new place and be the way that he's being, at least according to reports. And you can even see in the game, you can see them just give up. I fully believe that he uh, is not winning over his players. And when you don't win over your players, you're not going to go out there and give an effort that's going to help you win the game. So, um, and... You know, a guy that's got to be held accountable to is Jim Bob Cooter because that offense is very predictable. Mm. And, you know, they got creative when they came out of the half. And actually the touchdown pass that they threw to Golden Tate, they had LeGarrette Blunt and fullback Nick Bellore out wide. So there was five receivers. And in that formation, we were able to score with Golden Tate. So that's kind of the creative stuff that you want to see. But then, of course, you have the other place where you turn it over a bunch of times, and that falls on quarterback Matthew Stafford, too, because you've got to see things pre-snap. You can't just go off of what the play call is. you've got to be able to do more than just what your coach tells you to do. Sometimes you've got to change things up at the line of scrimmage, and you know that's where it really hurt, you know him throwing into places where no one was there. I think Matthew Stafford has to be held accountable. Quite a bit you know I'm not gonna dog on him too much because he's our franchise guy um and you know it's one bad game, so you can't hold on to it too much but overall uh the lions are showing that um you know their playoff aspirations are most likely just a <laughs> just a pipe dream
2: mm-hmm. if you guys want to talk about the lions real quick, I'll throw out the number at you uh five six three nine 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 Three six seven four. Uh, we got AJ and Forrester on here on the podcast. Trev's not here. Uh, he's, he's taking the night off. He's like me, or he's not like me. You know, sleeping through last Tuesday's podcast. But uh, you know what? We're gonna make do with what we got here, right here. So uh, I'll, yeah, I'll give you my take on it. Um, I I I truly believe. I mean, I I played college hockey a little bit, um, so I, I kind of like a little higher the you know at that experience kind of level. Um, guys do quit. And what I saw from the third quarter on, um, I saw guys quitting. Um, I felt like maybe they weren't half-assing. And especially it goes back to some of these reports coming in from training camp of Patricia working them hard. Um, And like you said, you can't just come in, completely go to your style. I I think you kind of have to learn your players a little bit, learn the room and kind of see how your, your method fits in right there. Um, Going to Frisco on Sunday, I, I think we all can hope that we see something completely different than what we saw Monday night. Um, I think we will. And talking about uh, Jim Bob Cooter, I asked Trev, and we both agree that he is. Um, let me get your take on it. The next person out that you know that's that's going out beside like not a player, uh, but personnel wise, um, I think it's I think it's Jim Bob Cooter. I, I think he's on the hot seat. I think if they go out and have another. Uh, bad showing um, on offense, kind of like they did last game. Uh, I I think you know JBC's is on the hot seat. What's your take here? I know we got uh, about three and a half minutes left.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that he is certainly on the hot seat. You have to this year. You know last year, you know our defense bailed us out quite a bit. You know it wasn't just our offense scoring points. So even though we were you know seventh best in the league. A lot of that had to do with the third best special teams slash defensive scoring. So um, he's definitely a guy that has to step it up. And, you know, he makes Matthew Stafford above average. But Matthew Stafford could be so much better with a better offensive coordinator. And the way that Bob Quinn is running things with the Patriot connections, with Patricia himself with a lot of Syracuse connections and guys that he's kind of bringing in that really don't necessarily, I think, deserve to be here. I mean, like Paul Pascalone, you know, it was uh he was a former Syracuse head coach and mm-hmm. he was, um, you know, the guy above a bunch of guys that are on this staff right now, including Patricia. So he's kind of just like returning a favor for him and extending favors to other Guys like uh, David Stewart, I believe, is his name, defensive back coach. Um, And then Walker is the uh, running back coach. Those guys were at Syracuse as well. But, um, you know, so he could be just on the – not even just on the hot seat, but because he doesn't have that connection to Patricia, uh, you know, that could make him more expendable as well. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and and uh, you know, and another thing we could talk about real quick. We got a minute fifty, uh, so we got about fifty seconds. I'll, I'll take twenty five real quick. Um, who do you think the biggest receiver was on Monday Night Football? I think it was Galladay. I saw him in the third quarter. It was a third and something, third and long, and uh, Stafford threw the ball up high, third down, far, and you're getting crushed. Dude still jumped up out of the air, knowing he could get taken out, flattened, and, and he still made the play. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many wide receivers in NFL history have have ever had 100 yards and a forced fumble and a forced fumble recovery in the same game. Yeah, that's just just fantastic. You know, you can take away that 100-yard game. If he had 40-something yards and he still had that forced fumble, I mean, that was textbook. That was like Charles Peanut Tillman of the Bears uh, coming in there and literally punching that football out. And you know, sending Tremaine Johnson to the locker room, you know he eventually came back in, but you know when you can see him making tough catches and you know blasting guys out of the game and getting the football back, you know you're going to win your quarterback and your coaching staff over with plays like that. Exactly, exactly. So force
2: you want to throw out your social media plugs one more time before we get cut
0: off? Absolutely. You know, the Twitter handle is f s o l m e n f Salman one two. And, uh, you know, of course, on Facebook, Forrest or Salmon, you can follow me there. And talking football all the time, Lions, fantasy, Perfect. NFL in general, all that. Perfect. You remember, you can find all our stuff, at
2: www.prosportsextra.com. I think your first podcast with us was a success. So have a great day, man.
0: Yeah, you too. We'll keep at it.